morning, officer. Maybe this is the pot calling the kettle black. This guy thinks he's a genius and he's a moron. <laughs> oh, oh, this is live. Think of like the dumbest cave troll let you know. You looked right at me when you said that. You're not the dumbest. Here are the facts as I see them. October 4th, 2022. Welcome to the Bandit Radio Hour. From the heartland of Florida that has been ravaged by the damned Hurricane Ian and all of its ilk of floodwaters to follow, I am uh, sitting here as the bandit, your host, and I'm with my co-host, Merce, who had to evade local law enforcement in order to get here. How's it going, Merce? I'm tired of running. <laughs> Solid point. It's fall for different reasons. How how was the ride over? Uh, it was It was a little bit eventful. Supposedly the highway was supposed to be open. Uh huh. The main the main bridge to get across town because our our town, like I've always suggested, was finally divided in half, uh, just at a different point than I would have picked. It was on the river because of all the flooding. Well, apparently it was open for a few hours and they closed it and I couldn't get through. But then what I, teases? Yeah. What dirty like, teases? I, I was like an, like a mile away, and so then I had to drive about an hour round trip. Like, through all the back roads to cut across and get through to, to finally make it. I'm here. And what, between, like, the county north of us, which is Hardy, and the county south of us, which is Charlotte, uh, y'all people playing geography at home, y'all should be able to figure out where we're at pretty soon. Uh, but, what, there's, like, normally six to seven bridges that cross this river, would you say, between all of them, if you include 66, 64... Oh yeah, um, easily. Brownsville. Right uh, now, there's there's one. There's yeah. Than all the no. way down in Charlotte, I guess forty one and seventy five is open. That's yep. it. That that's it. That's and now in our county, finally one of them has been opened, and well, two of them have, but one of them's kind of regulated, which y'all know we don't like that. Uh, but maybe they should make sure the bridges are good before people cross them. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, people, we had to go through hell and high water, quite literally, to bring you all this podcast. It's been a week. Yes, <laughs> it has. And I don't know if I said it in the middle of the last show or immediately afterwards, but several people have reminded me of uh, how it was just going to be a little bit of wind and water and that everyone was freaking out. And it's just a Florida thing. These hurricanes come and go and we'll be fine. Um, for the record... I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong about a few of those facts. It was wind and water. That part was accurate. Rest of it and the amount of it, not so much. Not so much at all. Uh, so Merce, all right, he, Merce was on the up and up. He, he kind of had a good feeling, Mr. Meteorology hobbyist. Uh, when did you first know it was going to be bad? Uh... How did you know this was going to be different? Because you were up, like, you were ringing the alarm bells. We were bells. already flooded. That, yeah. Like, there was already standing water everywhere. That's when I knew it was going to be bad. Just from that alone, there was nothing about the storm coming up that... I mean, yeah, it was going to suck, but I just knew that we were already completely flooded. Yeah. The river was already out of its banks. I knew there was no way this was going to end well. Yeah, when I was first saying to Merce, like, yeah, it's not going to be a big deal. One of, I remember one of your replies was... Uh, Everything's wet, and the roots of the oak trees are barely holding on to mud right now. And I was like, ah, oh, he kind of has a point. But, yeah, it's like a Category 4. But everyone knows when these things actually get on land and get to Arcadia, they, they kind of filter out a little bit. And, unless it has the one rare chance of what? Going up the Charlotte Harbor? Like Charlie. It, it navigated the harbor better than most boaters. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's better, better than we did the last time we went. <laughs> I got further, at least. Uh, Touche. Yeah, we're most boaters. <laughs> but, uh, no, it, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we got our asses uh, wrecked by Ian. For about a solid six or seven hours, I would say, just right in the eyewall just beat the crap out of us so Merce knew it was going to be bad about two or three days before it actually hit us I finally knew it was going to be bad about two or three hours into the eyewall <laughs> just going ah it's not moving well, it was It was more of I knew it was going to be bad if it hit us I was yeah. still really hoping it was going to go to Tampa or North like they were saying like we always but hope. when it 
the cone wasn't moving. I was like, no, I've seen this scenario play out too many times before. It's going to just power shank. And me, I, I just went with my natural assumption of the weatherman is always wrong. So if it says it's coming for me, I have nothing to worry about and vice versa. But weatherman was right. Uh, like one, uh, one of my distant relatives that lives in this town said, they heard the local weatherman. Was it Paul Delegato? Is he a weatherman? Yes. Did I get that name right? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Proud of my memory on that one. But he said, uh, this is going to be a once in many lifetimes event. And my relative said, I'm going to start getting prepped. I'm about over these once in a lifetime events. We've lived. Th- this is the second. If, if this flood was worse than anything in the past 500 years, according to the geological scale, this will be the second one that I've lived through. After living through one in Texas. If a third one happens, it's you, and we're going to take you out and just beat you with rocks. Just send me to Russia. It'll wreck their <laughs> whole country, and this whole war will be over. I'm not getting into that. Not right now. Later. Much later. This is scary stuff. Later. We'll talk about scary stuff that already passed, at least, for the most part. Uh, but, yeah, now, whenever I... Because, you know, normally when a hurricane hits us, what you, the eye wall actually getting the brunt of it, you'll get... Typically an hour or two, then you get the eye. Yeah, Charlie, then Charlie you, I think the winds were a little worse. It was like 45 minutes of an eye wall, but it was... Yeah, I went through the eye. So it was like, yeah, me it was too. like 45 minutes and like a little little quick break, and then like 45, 45 minutes. It was probably like, the, the worst was probably like a good two or three hours. Most hurricanes, yeah, exactly, yeah, this, is what, this thing, it was like, oh, one side of me, you're going to get it for five hours, and while I'm turning, I'm going to sit right on you and... Yeah, it got it. bad at like I would say around like fourish, and I can still remember because it didn't blow out one of the windows, four p.m. Because I yeah. said my dad's, I wasn't gonna ride it out in the camper, which would have been epic, but I didn't think it, I was gonna. I would have lived. And his camper came away unscathed. Yeah, we're all a little pissed about it, except for him. So I, I'm impressed. I didn't have my hopes of it still being there as bad as it was. It held up. Anyways, it blew a window out of my dad's, and so I had to like brace against. The That's right. With a street sign. That's right. The wind and rain, because there's no way to go outside and fix it. So I stayed braced against the street sign for like hours. I literally <laughs> fell asleep, like laid back, like braced up against it with my feet against it. And it was like 1.30 in the morning, and the storm is still just kicking no, butt. I think I called you at like 11.30 or something like that. And I was like, how are y'all doing? And I could literally hear the wind howling on your phone. You're like, I'm... Holding a street sign and I'm so sleepy. <laughs> like, it was it was literally man versus storm. My yeah. dad he done went to bed and they're just like oh keep the keep the and it was in my room of course like I was, so in my mind like oh god my camper's in Oz and like my one bed like my stuff at my dad's is gonna get flooded too like. Well, the thing that blew my mind was afterwards. Yeah. No, that blew my ass. Not my <laughs> mind. Uh, Oh, and dude, like the sad thing during it, this was like at six or seven o'clock in the afternoon, uh, maybe like five, five or six. It's just really starting to get bad. And we look out at our dog pen that we can see from our kitchen windows and they got like a, a pump shed house that they can go in that we can put a heater or a fan or something in, you know, it's, it's like a little house. They got cover and we see our one dog walk out of the house, walk into his little front yard and just sit. And while the worst of Ian is crashing down around him, and I look at my mom, I go, "Look, look at what Amos is doing. Why is he, why is he sitting in the front yard?" She goes, "Because it must be that terrible inside their doghouse." I run out in the middle of it, swing open the gate. Amos comes bolting out. The other annoying new dog comes busting out and like, "Damn it, you're still alive!" Uh, and I, the our favorite dog, Turkey. I go, "Come on, Turkey!" And nothing. And then he finally comes waddling out. He was asleep in there the whole time. And there is a literal river cutting, not a river because that's big, but a new creek cutting through their house like that they were laying in, sleeping in. So we got them inside. Uh, And me and Lily and my mom rode it out to like 12 o'clock. And the wind started kind of calming down a little. It wasn't a freight train the entire time. It was a freight train half the time or something like that. I looked at Lily and I, my daughter, and I was like, well, we're going to sleep. If we wake up and we're wet, we know we need to move. And we went to sleep, and we woke up, and in the morning, there was a calmness. And it was cold. It was very... Dude, this morning, it was cold, too. Yeah, which that was nice for not having, you know, 
Powered. It's the opposite of Charlie. Oh, it was a hundred degrees and this humid. In a thousand percent humidity. But no, this has been like I hate how fall got here, but I'm happy it is here. Yeah, there, there was no fall leaves, it was just fall trees. Fall trees and fall buildings and fall Yeah. But amazingly, all these old cracker houses that you see in the middle of pastures. Missing a little bit of tin. My great grandfather's that's like over a hundred years old. Fine. Yep. And my dad said in Palmetto, he saw a building made out of concrete that lost three walls and the roof caved in on the top of it. And I'm like, that, what they do? Use super glue with the nails in the old days? Probably big old iron nails. And you got to remember, the, they're like using like old pine trees. They're like a lot, not fast growing or just hard, hardy pine. No, but we barely... Compared to like places like Fort Myers, we just got a little bit of a wallop. We got some tin missing off of our barn and a tree smashed through our steer pens. But even luckily, walking around one of our cattle properties, we only lost like one calf out of 500 total at that property. Um, so that one made out good. But and after the storm, you know, we rode around, looked around at the damage, and there was damage. Don't some poor bastards lost it all. Some people got swatted. But uh, no, our our home place came out pretty good. Some felled trees that we had to clean up. A couple of fence lines smashed down. Uh, on our property, there there is some downed fences, but nothing. I just couldn't. Uh, Jerry rig back together and make it stand up right and keep the cows in. Uh, we had some neighbors that had like a hundred cows on the road that uh, they had to get back in, and I would have helped, but I was busy making sure ours didn't get out. Uh, but yeah, like damage. Well, I know your trailer came out fine, and what your dad's house just got the uh, one through the window. Yeah, one broken window, and there's a couple of power poles snapped in half, and we had some fences down too from the water rushing through different places. But everything we kind of got patched back. Patch back together for the most part. This, like the wind damage, it was like a straight freight train with rain behind it. But uh, I still think Charlie was stronger because I remember there being no leaves on the trees after Charlie and thinking that was so creepy. Yeah, at least all the trees have leaves on the southwest corner yeah. of them, is where all their tree, all their leaves are left. Everywhere else, they're stripped off. But not like I, we we said it before the podcast, but I thought my mom summed it up really good. Like Charlie had something like over a hundred tornadoes in it because it was just one little tiny fast ball of horrible destruction. Whereas Ivan, not Ivan, I keep wanting to say Ivan. Ian was one gigantic tornado, and yeah, and the eye wall just decided to sit its fat ass right on us forever. Um, but sorry people I'm getting distracted I'm fighting a spider web that somehow got on my face uh, while I'm sitting here but so yeah we rode around like there was some you know people had to where there was roads that went through heavy woods people like had to get front end loaders and chainsaws and clear the way but the first day we drove into town we drove back. We drove out and checked on our calves on the south side of the oh, county. Oh, you get across before the, the river road. Yeah, dude. Yeah, all of that. That's what I'm getting at. We, we were like, oh, man, the winds, you know, got th- we think Charlie was worse. This was bad, but we're, we're okay. And we drove back across the river, and we didn't have power. Like, no duh. But uh, I still had my daughter with me, and her mom was really insistent. Like, hey, please let me come up and get her and get her out of there what, until you get power and schools open up. And I was kind of hesitant, but I was like, I, you know, if it, it'll ease your mind, it'll help her not be bored without power, sure. And her mom came up. And like I said, we drove into town earlier that day, and there was no water on the bridge at all. There was a little bit of water down at 7072. And drove into town, came back, then... Then my daughter's mom came up to get my daughter and she said, Hey, there's some like water in town and on the bridge. Like, am I able to drive my car through it? I'm like, Oh, I had a little bit of water on your tires. You'll, you'll be fine. We, we hit a couple of puddles on the way. She's like, ah, just have your mom meet me. If that's okay. I don't want to cross this. And I go, okay. Within two hours of that, they shut down the roads because the river started rising. 
For anybody wondering what he's talking about, go to our Twitter at Bandit Radio Hour or our uh, Instagram, and you can actually see the photos from taking with drones of the intersection completely underwater. Completely, and the river just started ta- it started coming out of the banks and smashes, smash, smash on everything. Yeah, from- and this isn't just some little little back road. This is a main highway through Florida. This is probably the number one highway to get from the southwest coast to the southeast coast. Like 70. It is. Goes through Heartland, Florida. And that shut down uh, until today. Until this afternoon and Merce got here. And they still wouldn't let me across it. Yeah, he had to find a different way. Uh, Which he found. Y'all don't worry about it. We'll keep that to ourselves. Unless we mentioned it earlier, I can't remember. I had to get a P-Row and paddle across. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But and it sucked because, um, hey, one thing I really want to brag on with, like, this flood and everything coming in, the amount of volunteers that have come down, and organizations and associations that Even have... just in the community. Yeah, people going around making sure that everyone's all right, helping each other out. However, since we're on the west side of the river, away from town, all the supplies and all the help stayed on the other side of the river, and we're just stranded out here. Yeah. There was. I, I did see they just had a chain of just airboaters just go running supplies and people back and forth. That's great. That's great. We've gotten so many phone calls from people willing to help. There are cowboys that have come from North Carolina and are just calling different ranchers on, on the uh Department of Agriculture's list, like, hey, do you need help? We'll come help you with cows. We'll come help you with fence. We'll come help you with anything. And that's it's awesome. And, uh, of course, the little libertarian in me is like, ah, all this swift response from private individuals just wanting to help. They're here fast and quick, and they there's no regulations on how they can help us. They just are. Compared, and they didn't come in Priuses or electric cars. No, they did not. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're coming in dualies and they are guzzling some bringing bringing gas generators, yep. and chainsaws, and uh, it's yeah, man. That the health has been astounding. So I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Back to the flood. I really think the flooding is worse. It than, scared me in Halo. It, <laughs> True, very true. And Halo, that's one of the scariest gaming moments ever from where you go from fighting aliens to fighting zombie aliens and infect your brain. But and we were like probably 10 at the time. More on that rabbit hole later. Um, I do want to talk about that rabbit hole, though. It's a good one. But no, the, the flooding in DeSoto and in Mayaka and in everywhere, it was whole, It's bad. There's people that lost all their shit. Uh yeah, where I was, I couldn't go north to the next town up because Highway 17, another major highway, Charlie Creek, had completely flooded across it. From my house, there used to be, like, I'm, I'm just spitballing here, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There used to be eight different ways to go to, like, five different towns. Now, until just recently when they opened that bridge, there was... One road leading to one town an hour away. Well, it's like we, I, uh, I ran into one of the guys, you know, ranchers there at the livestock market. Yeah. It took him like two and a half or three hours to get there because he had to like zigzag and go like a hundred miles around. This should back. have been a 15 minute drive for the guy. Yeah. If, if all the roads were working and how it's supposed to be. But yeah, it's turned into two and a half yeah, hours. I was talking to you later. I was like, wait, how did he get yeah, I was like, hey, he's on my side of the river. What's he doing on your side? And this family, they wouldn't. <laughs> Actually, this family, I'm not, I'm not going to mention them, but the locals will probably know who I'm talking about. These badasses had a branch of the Horse Creek uh, create a new pathway for the creek through their driveway. And when I say their driveway, like, it's practically a dirt road that's miles long. And it ate like a 15 foot wide gap and like 10 foot deep through. Like, there's no, you can't even get a tractor across it. And what they do, Merce, they got telephone poles. They built a bridge out of telephone poles. Yeah, they got a backhoe and built, built their own bridge in order to get across town. Uh, not across the river, but across their little runoff. And you're hearing all kinds of stories like that. One of. One of, my, one of my distant cousins that is a deputy sheriff, and he is one of the most shining examples of, like, the, the good, awesome local deputy. Uh, he, he has a yard full of oak trees, and I guess they all, like, fell in around him where he could, like, barely open a door. 
and he lives on like four or five acres or something like that. Nothing but oak trees, like dense woods. And it took him two days with a chainsaw to cut his way out in order to get his Jeep out. And then he made it to the road and then he drove, his his road goes like north and south. And he turned south on the road and drove and saw that it was washed out. So he turned around, drove to the north, and saw it was washed out that way. And I'm like, oh, you fought so hard just to realize you're still <laughs> stranded. <laughs> How terrible. But then the next day he could get out. But uh dude that lives by himself, by the way. One of these older, old timers that just know their stuff. Uh but yeah, we've seen it with people just stopping by to help. People bringing us 150 damn eggs when we don't even need eggs, but we made sure to give them out to other people. Uh, and it's it, it's really awesome to see that that response. And my my selfish bandit mind goes like, "Thank y'all so much for the help, and we appreciate it." But I want to know. Where in the hell do you find the time and money to do this? Because <laughs> every time I hear about tornadoes hitting Kansas, my first thought isn't let me load up all my shit and go to Kansas for free out of the goodness of my heart and wait. Like, God bless these people. Because I. There's, there's, some people are just better than we are. Well, they just are. They, and, uh, do, I mean, if I ever, I'd like to thank if, because uh, I'm, I'm a poor country boy if i ever have the means and time i'd love to go do that for people but there's also a part of my brain that's saying like even if you were a millionaire and had a year off you'd probably stay home yeah so no big <laughs> thanks to all the linemen first responders people just from everywhere like there's like linemen from oklahoma i mean let me tell you this no like yes they're the most they're they're up there in most importance thank you linemen thank thank you first responders that are going in and saving people thank you like Mercer talking about linemen encountering lines just laying down in water that can fry them if they step in the wrong puddle um just a personal side note i want to thank the taco bell and lakewood ranch for being open the day after the hurricane that uh i needed that i i needed that bad <laughs> To put it in context, uh, the bandit had to make a supply run for his family and uh, apparently stumbled upon civilization, went all the way to the other coast, and rather than, you know, getting rush, rushing back or, you know, bringing stuff to other hang people on, and Hang sharing, on, hang on, I made sure I got diesel and gas first, but I did pass the Taco Bell and made a mental note that I will be back for you because I see lights on. Continue, and, I'm sorry. And proceeds to get Taco Bell and then, again, not share with anybody... But calls me to tell me of his bounty and what he has found as I'm eating like Vienna sausages off my tailgate while chainsawing a tree. And by the way, like if you are on the other side of the river from us, like you do have the main town that's completely devastated and out of power. And all the towns you have access to are devastated and out of power. And I'm like, I can run 45 minutes away to where they have electricity in Taco Bell. So that was nice. But it is a city, and, like, I'll tell you, the one thing that sucked was we needed fence posts, and we couldn't find any in all the places we would normally go for fence posts or across that damn river or blocked off from water or whatever. And let me tell you, it was such... I, I felt like an artist with my creative endeavor on how I was going to keep cows inside these damn pastures with two fence posts. Had all the wire I could ever need. <laughs> like that, wire and staples galore. But let me tell you something. I, I was sitting there stabbing sticks in the ground and throwing them into like crevices and stuff, just going, if I was a cow, I wouldn't go through that. And going on my merry way. But regardless, aside from that side rant, thank you for everybody doing their part. The people that are bringing power to everybody, internet to everybody, the, the people that aren't doing their jobs, like one of my brothers got, I got two brothers. One's a power line guy and he's doing his thing right now. The other one's got a, got a job that I wouldn't like put it on the high priority of life essentials to make civilization work, but he's, he's got a good job and he's like, Hey, I'm putting this on pause and I'm running gas to anyone that needs a diesel propane for home generators that like run off of gas and stuff like that. And, uh, I gotta tell you on another note, it's been great just to have even people that couldn't make it across the river like getting my mom's generator to work for her house another guy was like hey i'm gonna take 30 minutes and talk to you on the phone since i can't make it to you and make sure this thing works right for your mom because i like her she's a nice lady and i'm like oh thank you sir 
It's just sure nice of you. A whole bunch of stuff like that has been awesome. Um, also, just kind of humorous, I should have taken a picture of it and thrown it up on the Twitter. Like, so far, 12 of our cows have ended up at the fire station off of 72, just sitting in their yard like, hey, we know this is close to home and it's high ground. Can you please let us in? So twice up this like it hasn't been like 15 cows at once like first it was seven and i'd sneak by them cut a fence let them go in fix the fence then i came back and it was like well i guess it's like nine total because it was two more and uh i cut the fence and they didn't want to go in but they did want to charge me so i used that to my advantage accidentally and uh it charged me through the fence and it ran inside the property and i was able to fix it afterwards but uh so it was success so far and actually tomorrow morning i'm waking up at 5 30 till we got like uh i don't know what might be 15 more cows on another guy's property we got to go get so i'm doing the original like it as merce put it earlier i'm doing the original cow hunting uh it's i hope it goes good that's i just hope the cows ain't scared pissless and want to run through every fence they see and if i was them i'd probably want to but we'll find out um yeah so we're sitting here the flooding is is finally going down uh merce what would you say is like one of the craziest things you found in this past week Okay, so I got these kind of neighbors that have all these animals. Oh, God, got, does he. And they've got, anyways, there's some peacocks that are Th- always on. Think of, hang on, hang on. Think of Tiger King, but instead of tigers, it's ducks and annoying shit. <laughs> but It's a good way to put it. Yeah. Anyways, so the other end of the road, they have these peacocks that are always running around. Of course they have annoying-ass peacocks. Well, after the storm... All the peacocks, big, beautiful tail feathers are gone. Good. From all the wind. We are anti-peacock on this podcast. It literally blew all their tails off, which I know they shed them in the fall, but this Ian went ahead and just ripped them on out. They're all wandering around tailless. Good. They're just they're just pretty chickens now. Yeah. Velvety chickens. I wonder, do peacocks taste good? I don't know. They look like they would, kind of like a turkey. They either taste really good or really bad, just based on their colors. <laughs> I'm intrigued. I'm racist. <laughs> so, is it just peacocks or all birds of paradise you're against? I only dove only white birds. <laughs> no, actually, no, no. I'm not that bad. I only eat food prepared by Chick-fil-A. That's, that's how I do it. <laughs> that, that's how racist with my poultry I am. <laughs> When I was a little kid at KFC, I only wanted the dark meat, Dude. like the drumstick or the... Totally unrelated note, I smoked my first cigarette in my life outside of a KFC that used to be in Arcadia. It was a Marlboro Light, bummed it off of my friend driving a white F-150, and I remember sitting in the parking lot, and I inhaled, like, like I didn't even... I, I, you know, I think I had gotten drags of a cigarette before this. This is the first time I really knew how to inhale and get it in my lungs and get the nicotine. And I smoked like half of it, and I remember being high as a kite, like spacey. And I go, man, like almost like you'd think weed would affect somebody. And I look at my friend, like, let's go get some KFC. And we walk inside, and we walk up to the counter. And I go to say my first words, and I let out what is to this day the loudest damn fart of my <laughs> life. Like, dude, that cigarette and nicotine loosened me up, like, perfectly where I wasn't even aware. And, dude, it was a comically obnoxious fart. You so loud. So like And it's like nothing but a black staff working there, like, ghetto. God bless them. They, they worked at a really hard place for a while. But... Not only the lady in front of me stops what she's doing, the fry cook in the back goes, the hell was that? <laughs> and the lady at the register like, you better fix yourself, honey. And I'm like, I am so sorry, fellow Arcadian ghetto people. I will go to the bathroom and make sure I didn't just shit my pants, recollect myself, and come back in ten minutes. 
And I did and ordered did you, my food. Did you come back? I, I don't think I would have. I dude, would have no, just leave. I came back. They loved me. They absolutely, they were like, thank you for giving us a fun day. But like, I, I was like bashful as hell. And I'm like, I am. They still probably talk about you. No, right? dude. Like the, I'll never forget that fry cook. Just like leaning. It was something out of a movie. Like I saw him lean back and go, the hell was that? And I'm just like, oh, God, that was me that caused <laughs> like ruckus. Friday was like, damn. <laughs> no, it, it was more than that. It was, yeah. yeah I, um, yep. I still smoke cigarettes to this day. That's what I learned. But, uh, yeah, moving from racist beards into in hurricanes into more uh, current events. Uh, outside of Florida and the southeast getting hit by one of the worst natural disasters. Is it one of the worst natural disasters to hit? Like, I, mean, I know... It's, 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 like, it's going to be up there. Yeah. But, I mean, like, the... I know the hurricane... The, in the 20s. Yeah, Okeechobee, yeah. yeah. It, like, it killed... That has the highest death toll for hurricanes. Uh, but most part, it's due I to... Mean, and then Andrew was terrible. So, I don't know really where this one's going to rank. Because, you know, they're saying the death toll's, like, in the 70s, like, 80. Oh, well, hey. Lots of people down there are saying there's way more dead people than that. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a big debate. I guess locally and on the like little Twitter box and the local news stations and stuff is uh, what give us the full scoop as you understood it because you broke it to me. Well, from what I was just like looking at on Twitter and different things, and it's kind of what I even heard from some other people. And you know, it's terrible that you know people lost their lives and things like that. But a lot of people are saying it's it's way worse down there than the news is letting on. Like I've heard some people like they're you know with first responders saying that they've run out of places to put the bodies. Now here's all right. Here's where I run into a problem with this. Like I'm not saying you're wrong, but I would think my natural assumption would be for the news to like exaggerate the number of bodies more so than downplay. I mean, and like every other case, it's like if it bleeds, it leads. My thought was though, but the news got the location of the hurricane so wrong. Yeah, but I don't and know. Another thing they were talking about the news is I thought it was weird is they were trying to justify it's like, well, you got to remember the 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 certain natural hurricane center, you know, when they do the autopsies, that they're the ones that rule was this caused by the hurricane or did they crack? So it's a weird. It's almost like a really subjective scale they put it on. Like, did you die from the hurricane wind or did you die from a tree falling when you were cleaning it up? Yeah, Which... it sounds odd because I said the people on Twitter they're like, we literally saw more bodies than that driving around or you know I helped a friend pull him out of a canal and it's just kind of it sounds I mean I can think this is you know hearsay and stuff like that but right. the things I've heard through the grapevine it sounds a lot a lot worse people are like very adamantly vocal about it it's not just like one guy with a like a silver hat yeah like it was carrying some weight like you were you were finding it on uh, like what you went to just like the news uh, yeah, Twitter yeah I, I saw I saw Wink News was on having, tw- yeah. having to like their studio got flooded, and so they were having to, like, record in, like, the back of a trailer oh, or something. yeah, you mentioned that to me, and hang on, side note. Yo, this might be the only time you ever hear me say this. What badass news people, at yeah, the very was, minimum, like, their studio is destroyed and what, like, they're they're yeah, pretty they're much standing, doing a, They're standing there in front of microphones, and they've got, like, a dry erase board they're holding up with the seven-day forecast they've drawn, like, because they can't do graphics. And, that's great. And so I, like, I just went to Twitter to look them up to see what other people were saying about them. And that's, that's why I went found the rabbit hole of people like, why aren't you telling the truth about the dead down here? I'll, I mean, we're going to try, guys, uh, you know, this is a local disaster to my community. In this, in this instance, I will be respectful to the dead because they're alive. People might kick my ass for good reason. Uh, but aside from that, uh, I don't know what to make of that. I don't. I don't. I don't either. I don't know what yeah. the agenda there, one way or the other. That's is. what I'm other trying to they're like. They're just trying to like not let people freak out. Yeah. Or they're trying to keep some. Because I tell you, they don't want people rushing back. As much. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but speaking of news spinning things in odd directions, I guess the Nord pipeline was attacked while we've been busy dealing with Armageddon down here in Florida. Uh, which for those of you that aren't familiar with it, like I wasn't before a week ago, the Nord pipeline is pretty much the main, uh, natural, was it a natural gas pipeline from Russia to Germany? And it is the main, like, way to power Germany. But since NATO's at war with Russia, 
Well, no, not even since then. What? It just got sabotaged. It got exploded, right? It, ran, it, it just out of nowhere underneath the ocean went kablooey. Convenient. Or unless BP put it in. Yeah, they're, they're, they're so sorry. Uh, but no, uh, and what you were telling me, like, what, it was on a, uh, was it CNN on the news oh, reporter went off? Oh, being interviewed by CNN, and he's like, he basically just goes ahead and says, he's like, pretty sure like it was the United States that did it. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you can't be saying that. He's like, well, if you look at, like, the flight records... Our helicopters were spending a lot of time in that region. He goes on to list a whole lot of things. The CNN's like rapidly trying to brush you. Like, oh, 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 shut up, shut up, shut up, stop talking. <laughs> You're making too much sense, be quiet. Cut to Pfizer commercial. I know we're not going down that rabbit hole yet. Put it on the back burner for later. We're cooking that rice right now. We're getting on the pork chops. Main dish, Russia. Uh, so yeah, Nord Pipeline got sabotaged. Uh, there's a lot of it spilling out into the, what, is it the Baltic Sea? Is it, It's one of those Caspian. It's one of them cold ones. Yep, yep. It's, yeah, I think it's got salt in it. Um, but, no, and the thing is, this is the main supply of power for Germany. And this just happens to take place right before the winter. That Germany's notorious for having terrible ones. And uh, the quote I heard was that firewood is going to be the new gold in Germany. And now, here's like... The Netherlands are going to make a killing. I... all the wooden shoes. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Maybe burn the Reeboks. They're not going to make a killing. They're going to stomp the competition ah, with their better. wooden shoes. But, uh... I didn't use that. But, um... No, uh, it's... You know, I really don't think a lot of these things have a cartoonishly simple explanation. There's so many different factors and so many different moving parts. Like I said a couple episodes ago or during my interview, like to even like a state government, let alone a national government or even a, a military branch of that or the CIA, or there's so many moving parts. However, taking that reality and putting it to the side, like what uh, Robbie Bernstein said, this is really like a, a a bad guy from a bad James Bond movie is sitting around making things happen. Like, oh, how can I get NATO and Russia to go to war with each other? I'll sabotage the pipeline that gets them business with each other. Like, you know, that's that's almost like like a literal real life example. One of the things that's your evil voice. That's what you're going with, dude. I I got this natural voice going. Just I didn't even realize I did the evil voice. But yes, that was my terrible evil voice. You, I'll take a bow and I'll walk off stage exit left. But no, like first of all, uh, like Dave Smith said, Russia and Germany have gone to war with each other twice in the 20th century, and it ended up being some of the worst shit ever recorded in human history. And winter. Yes, uh, but you know what? Like keeps countries from going to war with each other. Trade when one of them like has gas and the other one like has money, and they trade that, and they don't want to piss each other off because they both have something the other one wants. That's why I'm like cool with Japan making our shit as long as we're buying stuff from them, them keeping their little hands busy. We ain't gonna nuke them anytime soon. Yeah, they're not good when they're angry. We like Toyotas. <laughs> both of those statements are true, <laughs> but. Uh, no, like, so, I don't know. Everything happening with Russia, it, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Putin's a good guy or anything like that, but I, I think he's a rational guy. I think he's a guy acting in his own self-interest. And any of these scenarios, you, you just flip the shoe on the other foot and pretend some country's doing it to America. We whip out every single missile we have and take them out. Uh, you know, like if China was buying up, was aggressively expanding their military into Mexico and Canada, America might have a little bit of a problem with that. Uh, and on another note, Merce, how has America like expanded itself into foreign markets and territories over the past 70 years? Illegally? But mostly, yes, <laughs> some of it's war crimes, but more... They're only war crimes if somebody else does it to us. 
True, true. Except, who's the dude? Oh, I bet you know this off the top of your head. The Vietnam guy that was flying the helicopter and saw them uh, executing civilians. Do you, oh, you don't know what I'm talking about? I mean, the full metal jacket scene. Oh, no, no, no. This is like a real life thing. Oh, God. Some. Someone's going to be screaming at the radio. Uh, no, uh, Corporal McIvy, I want to say. That's somewhere in the back of my head, but that might be wrong. No, he was a helicopter pilot. And he was coming into, like, a village. I think he was bringing in supplies for, like, the Marines. And he saw them all lining up uh, civilians, like, to execute them. And he was like, oh, no, you don't. No, y'all don't. And they're like, oh, what are you going to do about it? He's like, I will mow down each and every one of y'all with my Apache or whatever the hell it is. If y'all shoot one more civilian. And he got court-martialed. He got, uh, but he, he stopped them from killing any more civilians. And later on... He initially got dishonorably discharged, but then, like, 30 years later, they're like, I guess you did a good thing. <laughs> but our, our bad. <laughs> but what I was getting at with that before the side ran about McIvey or whatever his name is, uh, when the U.S. expands into new markets, we do it militarily. We bomb the living shit out of you, then bribe a certain local tribe or government to take that's over. That's what I'm saying. If, this, if we did do the, the pipeline, that's, like, one of the, like, the least... Terrible things. Now, like, here's my question. China, that is an evil government that I don't support, that are definitely the bad guys, quote-unquote. Merce, how do they get into foreign markets? They just buy their way in? They invest. Yeah. They, they buy like, farmland. They buy farmland. They buy factories. Like, hey, we're going to, like, support y'all and give y'all jobs. Don't get me wrong. They're not doing it out of the goodness of their... industrious people. Like, they're not doing it out of the goodness of their commie hearts. No one does. <laughs> but uh, I'm joking. Good-hearted commies that might listen to this. Yeah, he's joking. Commies don't have hearts. No, they're souls. Uh, you know, like... Nope. They're don't. red, like gingers. <laughs> yes. Hey, co- coincidence or God's sign? I don't know. Leave it up to the viewer. But, uh... No, like, that's a smart way to do it, to not have the world pissed off at you and wanting to resist your movements. Like, dude, Russia and China teaming up, like I'm kind of hearing about, it's bad for America and the federal government empire, but bad for Americans too, I think, if a hot war pops off. But uh, from China and Russia's perspective, can you think of a move that makes more sense than that? No, I mean, Russia's already agreed to basically build a secondary pipeline that would be, the, like, equivalent to the Nordstrom and send it to China already, so. And, I mean, what what is the United States offering the world besides we're an empire that does empire things? Joe Biden walking around lost? Oh, God. <laughs> what, what were you telling me before the podcast? What, what number... Is this now that he's... Oh, it's like twice in a, in a week or a weekend that he's like wandered off stage or they've not been able to get him to go the right direction. Is it the same Joe Biden? I, I don't even know. That's... He doesn't even know. No, it's... I, I, guys, it's getting spooky. Said, regardless of how you feel politically, you can't tell me that's a sane or competent person up there. Well, you know, uh, I would... If my granddad, he'd be in a home... Uh, going by what I, <laughs> true, but, but going by what I've at least been seeing in the Twitter world, it seems like a lot of the you know paying attention to ratio and support like that. Apparently, people are losing followers left and right today because um, I guess a lot of people are leaving because Elon Musk is coming on. Not coming or, on, just owning. <laughs> owning, owning it, buying it. It's his. It's seemingly his within this week. Um, or is it all the bots are leaving? Like, literally, what we thought were non-playable characters, like you said a couple episodes ago, are the robots. And, uh, yeah, dude, it seems like a lot of them are, are scrubbing up and leaving before. Which I still don't get, because originally, didn't they all love Elon Musk? If, the, if it feels like so many people have turned against him, and I, don't, I guess I don't really see when that happened. Dude, I don't know. I keep playing back and forth in my mind whether he's controlled opposition or not, my grand conspiracy theory. Um, I think he's just got a, a slight touch off. He's got just enough where I think he's just him, 
and he could really care less how it goes either way because now he's got the money and the knowledge to do whatever the hell he wants. I thought he was controlled opposition until I heard him say one thing. And either he's brilliant controlled opposition or he's just not that. Uh, I think he was talking to like a British news... It wasn't uh, the... What the hell is their British broadcasting network? It's not BBN. BBC. BBC, there you go. Yeah, I knew I had the acronym in there somewhere. But he was talking to them, and they are like, well, Elon, aren't you, like, concerned about, like, if a company gets too big that the government can't regulate them? And he's just, like, whiffing off the top of his head in his kind of slightly autistic way. He goes, uh, like, well, you know, what is the government if it's not just a giant corporation that is completely unregulated? And I'm like, oh, my God, you said the thing. You you said the thing. That's the thing. That's That's what it is. It is a giant unregulated corporation that regulates everything else or it's just a giant mafia pretending to be a human rights organization however you want to look at it and the US corporations doing terrible because I also saw today that for the first time we are now 31 trillion dollars in debt we set a new a new high we did it Joe man it's not even his fault it's just in general and you know like if I didn't have these recordings that I've listened to of the World Economic Forum explicitly saying they're going to make it harder to own things and they're going to make it more difficult to be a free and self-reliant individual because that's not a part of the plan, quote-unquote. It's like, dude, the more stuff you see unfolding around us, aside from natural disasters, but it's like, holy shit, it is getting harder to own things the deeper we go into debt. The deep, and hey, hang on. On that $31 trillion in debt, I don't have, have I ever broke down on, on the show the, the, the five year old explanation for how the Federal Reserve works? No. Okay. I find, like, dude, this was something I think I've even said in the early episodes. I believed this mostly on faith. But honestly, Donald Trump showed me how the Federal Reserve worked. And all you Trumpers out there, don't get excited. This ain't a great thing. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, so put, put your flag down. Get, get ready. Get your pitchfork. Uh, so, you know, when COVID hit, Trump passed some of the biggest spending bills in history. Now, whether it's his fault or Congress's or doing what he had to do. I'll lean on Congress because he literally did want to send just money. Congress yeah. packed a whole bunch of other yeah. crap in with it. Yeah. Uh, he signed it in. Yeah. But uh, anyways, if it wasn't for the Federal Reserve, the only way that bill could have been passed would be for them to directly tax us in some kind of way. In some kind of like, hey, here's the new tax. We're going to raise money in order to spend. I still blame Nixon, but. True. I mean, it's taken us off the gold standard. But the Federal Reserve is able to set interest rates where they absorb that blow for right now. And we pay for it later as our money becomes more worthless. Now, let me be wrong. Trump is not the first president to spend a shitload of money. He's just, if anything else, he just kept business going it's, as usual. Uh, but we've been doing this for generations now. It's all catching up. And that's why all the arms packages I, sent to, I see sent to Ukraine or Israel that never gets brought up or any of these things... It's the we're on a car headed towards a cliff, and they're just smashing down the accelerator harder and harder. And, the and all they're trying to do is convert the car from gas to electric, dude. And there's so many things wrong with that. And like I'm, I'm all down with new innovations, and new, I, I want you to make it cheaper for me to move. That's ultimately what I'm about. And I, I think the better we get at moving things for less energy. Like, take the green or the fossil fuels. Take all that out of it. What's all this debate about? How do we move from point A to point B using as little energy and most efficiently as possible? Anybody, even a... Catapult. You're not going to survive, but, you know, once you're on your way... It is efficient at traveling (laughs) distance. I mean, I'm working it out in my head, and guys, he's not wrong entirely. Anyways, uh, no, it's like... Whatever we find out, I'm not against it anyway. 
as Mersh said it, like, uh, I think at the end of season one, the only way we can fix it is if you give us money yeah. for this project right here that goes towards our companies that we like, that we'll give your money to, and it's it's all a crock of shit. Um, but that's why I'm going to try to figure out how to quit paying taxes before I die. All right. So... I'm putting my arm down a rabbit hole and I'm finding a gopher turtle in there and I'm pulling it out from earlier. I know none of that. Wouldn't made it be this. a gopher turtle hole then? Or tortoise? Nope. It's a rabbit hole that gopher turtle found its way into. Thank you. It's my analogy. I'll say it how I want. Now, Pfizer commercials. That's where we were at earlier. Alright. They are getting ballsy with this shit. First of all, um, let's let's take a moment to appreciate the silver lining of the the of everything that happened the past three years with that company and a lot of the other crap. Um, it was the most expensive propaganda campaign in history, in in world history as far as we know. The amount of money and resources that were spent to get out a government directed message that was both put out by the by the government and the corporations that are supported by the government. Um, and without passing any restrictions on people or anything like that, I think they only got like 30% of the country to actually get the vaccine willingly. Then they came out with the vaccine restrictions where it's like, you have to have this in order to do anything in New York city or drive for Coca-Cola or, you know, stuff. The big, big corporations were demanding their people do that. And even at that point, I think they only got it up to like 60 or 70% of the country. You think about it, that's at the point to, in order to get 60 to 70% of the country vaccinated, they had to threaten them with taking away their food and their means of life. Like practically putting a gun to their head and going, do this or else. And they still only got that many people to do it. So like right there, that's a big white pill, and it's all, more people have been woken up since then, unlike anything else. There's more people that are skeptical of the narrative from all sides, and that's very enjoyable. Now, considering that, considering what I just said, and I've, I've kind of said similar things to that in past episodes, I'm just still seeing Pfizer make commercials where it's like, you know to trust the corporation that follows the science. I'm like, you're still saying follow the science? Like, I saw that on a Twitter blurb of the, I follow them on Twitter just for shits and giggles and for hate watching. Uh, but I'm like, like, what is the science at this, at this point? At like, yes, we admit there's still a coronavirus going around that's COVID-59 or whatever it is. Very the, the ultimate... Like, gaff in beating the science is that all the unvaccinated are still alive. Oh, and dude, I'll tell you, I've tried to, during this pandemic, there's been a lot of conspiracy theories. Just, and that range from maybe... Maybe public officials are getting money from private org- from private entities to influence their decisions to, oh my God, the fill in the blank are controlling the whole world and making all this happen. I do wish I would have bought some Pfizer stock. Oh man, you'd be sitting pretty right now, especially with uh, no fault <laughs> going yeah. to them. Uh, sell it in 50 years, then you'll be good. But um, no, uh, I, I tried to stay as close as I could with most of my conspiracy theories. I start out just entertaining them and not believing them at all until just more and more evidence begins presenting itself. And that will sway my opinion. Maybe not all the way, but it'll a lot of the time bring me from not believing it at all to maybe it happened. That's where a lot of my conspiracy theories end up. One of them that I thought was a little too hot to trot at first. I was like, there's too many people just blindly saying this. And I'm seeing a little bit of it, but I don't know about enough to really, like, solidify my opinion. And that was the side effects of the vaccine. Uh, and, you know, whole lot of stuff I heard when it was first coming out, I'm like, hey, I don't know about that. I think it might not do as much as they're saying it does. I don't think the, 
that is as helpful as they're making it out to be. But I don't think, like, it's ruining people or anything like that. Then, you know, at first, slowly, I see, like, Jimmy Dore, a leftist that got the vaccine, who is openly on the Joe Rogan podcast going, like, ever since I got it, my neck hurts, and it won't stop hurting. And it was supposed to be a temporary thing that's going on. You're seeing more and more people, then, like, anecdotally, people in my personal life uh, hearing about the countless amount of women that their menstruation, that their periods got weird. I don't know how to technically say it right, but all of them start miscycling and stuff like that. Justin Bieber's face is messed up. Oh, dude, that that's what I'm getting to. Then you start hearing about damn soccer players dropping dead left and right. Pro football players, pro- college players. Drop all of them. Uh, There's like what now? Sad, sudden adult. It, and like, don't get me wrong, like, they're seeing memes of it, and I've, I've been tricked by memes in the past. I've seen a meme that kind of went with my side of what I think, and I was like, oh, of course, well, that verifies that I was right. Then, like, two months later, find out I was wronger than shit. Uh, however, I remember, I remember what really sold me on the athletes having heart attacks was an Australian news program I watched on Twitter, and it was like four former uh, soccer players, like, you know, that now commentate on it. And one of them, I don't think he knew you weren't supposed to talk about it. Like, he just seemed real politically unaware. And he's like, and what do you bloody think about, like, Conrad Jacobs and, like, names eight people just dying all of a sudden? Bloody weird, isn't it, mate? That's my best Australian. I'm sorry. but It's like a little heavy British in there with it, but... I'm sorry. The British colony, whatever. Uh, But, uh, no, and... I'm like, oh, so this is happening and they are noticing it. Uh, yeah, a lot of adults dropping dead and, su- like he said, sudden adult death syndrome or whatever. Because that's apparently a thing now. And, dude, I saw it on Dave Smith's part of the problem. They they showed this actress. I cannot remember her name. And at first I'm like, why are they even showing this lady? And she's like all teary-eyed, and she's like, I'm a Hollywood actress, I've been in this movie and that movie, and she got what Justin Bieber got, half her face is paralyzed. And she goes, but I'm happy I did this, because this is the price I would gladly pay to keep us all safe. And this happened to her like two weeks ago. This ain't like a year ago, or I'm like, how, how entrenched has this gotten into some people's heads? It's a disease. Like, dude, it is a form of... Like, that, that is a form of madness. But, back, back to my point of what I was saying, like, all of this evidence that has come out, and now I think they're trying to play the same game they've always played, which is, if we don't bring it up and don't talk about it, eventually you American people will forget about it. And that's literally what they've done for like a hundred years. Just the media will stop talking about it and thus nothing happens. Uh, for example, look at anything from Waco to the Vietnam War starting over false reports to just go, go down the damn list of no one being held accountable for anything. Uh, and yeah, they're still doing it. But the good news is and I, I don't know what this is going to lead to, but so far it's some interesting shit. At the very least, we're, we're now we're aware of it. Oh, many more people are aware of it. And in this hurricane-devastated region that, you know... That didn't, didn't Biden say at one point you, for hurricane prep you had to get the vaccine because it kept you safe from the hurricanes? I'm pretty sure no, that's. Dude. I'm pretty sure that's an audio clip we can find or we can put on the Twitter. There's at some point he was talking about hurricane preparedness. You need to get the vaccine. Like a year or two ago, because I saw the clip. I really want to meet Biden's handler. I want to meet the guy that has to look this a thousand year old being in the eyes every morning and with all the faith he can muster, go. You're gonna walk out on that stage from right to left to the wooden podium, and you're going to look at the camera, and you're going to say the words on the camera. 
I picture like a guy like in a boxing arena, you know, like when the boxer's about like days out of confused, he like throws his little like stool down, he's like, all right, all right, you're the champ, you're the champ, you're gonna see, get out there. You see it more old school, I see it more like Wolf of Wall Street, like this is a guy in order to function, he has to wake up and take six different kinds of drugs, not Biden, his handler, and he's like, oh God, all right, let me start tripping so I can tell this old man that's the head of our nation what to do today, because... Oh, dude, it's... I just think it's, I just think it's wife. No. I don't even think... I, I, I really think most politicians... I watched her push him off the stage. True, but dude, I think them and their wives at that stage, with the exception of someone like Hillary Clinton, are just dumb... Dumb opportunists that are like, I will go... You pay me to go say whatever you want me to say, and I will get the money, and I will go home at the end of the day. I could care less if I'm promoting the Green New Deal or if I'm promoting bombing Syria. If you pay me, I will say this thing. And I have no alliance. That's all. Like whenever I'd hear like people say like, you know, that Barack Obama's a socialist. He wants to do da da da. Now, from like a libertarian or anarchist point of view, yeah, I get it. Every everyone's a socialist. Uh, but from like an actual political point of view, I'm like, no, he's he's just an opportunist. He's just making money to say that dumb shit. Same with George W. Bush talking about how he's some rootin' tootin' cowboy gonna go get him some Muslims in the Middle East. Like it's all. <laughs> Yeah, he was just saying what the defense contractors were paying him to say. Um, side note. Real side note. This is something I learned like two weeks ago. Uh, you know how Donald Rumsfeld got his start? No. He got the sugar substitute, Splenda and Sweet and Low, passed by the FDA after it failed multiple tests by the lobbying agency that hired him. Because it puts the holes in your brain? Yeah. And then he went on to go from lobbying medical products to helping direct a war in Iraq. Splendid. Because that is how government works. So, uh, we're kind of all over the walls tonight, people. We're tired, and I got to get up at 530 and chase cattle south of 72. But we're alive. We are alive. We're going to keep recording. We can make it across the river and bring you on more Bandit Radio Hour. Uh, people, thank you all for joining us. We'll catch you all next time. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Bandit Radio Hour, on Instagram, on Facebook. Google search or brave search the son of a bitch. You'll be able to find us one way or the other. And uh, y'all take it easy out there.